All right. This is bizarre. Carnival Cruise Lines uh, was inundated with bookings last week when they announced that they would return to the high seas after months of the coronavirus lockdown. People are dying to get back on these ships. And, you know, I mean, maybe that's a poor choice of words because literally people were getting coronavirus and they were like floating Petri dishes. Uh, Cruise Planners is a company that books cruises on the world's largest uh, ship line, cruise ship line. And they said that booking shot up 600% when they announced that cruises would begin on August 1st. The spike is a 200% increase over the same period last year. Who is booking vacations? Who is going away? Uh, which brings to mind the fact that airlines, oh, COVID-19 is annihilating the airline industry model that actually made flying affordable. We're joined now by Frederick Dumont, who is uh, with the Ted Rogers School of Hospitality and Tourist Management. He is their director. Welcome to the show, Frederick. Good to have you on. Good. You're welcome. Good morning. Uh, so that model that allowed people that weren't extremely wealthy to start flying is about to go kaput. Can you get a little bit um, more in depth on, on why the low budget airlines are not going to be able to survive COVID-19? Well, a low budget, but also low cost. And, and those companies used to operate, you know, on very, very low margin. Why? Because they were able to turn around the planes very quickly because they were able to fill up the planes also and to go on short uh, short flights. And now this model is down because uh, the, the health requirements are such that we're going to have to take time to clean the planes, you know, to pay attention to, to sanitation, et cetera, et cetera, in the plane. So, uh, you know, uh, an operator won't be able to turn a plane in maybe uh, 60 or 90 minutes. It will take more time to clean them. And in addition, if the government is imposing some social or physical distancing uh, measures in the plane, that means that we're not going to be able to fill those planes. It's going to be one seat every two seats, uh, maybe less, uh, that will be used. And as a result of that, you know, the load factor will be smaller and the revenue, obviously, will be uh, smaller as well. And so in those conditions, the low-cost airlines are going to be in a very difficult situation to, to, to operate profitably. And um, another reason is that I think in the mind of people, what we call that the, the fast tourism the, the quick getaway for the weekend, you know, we go and, and go to a city and come back and uh, think about the hours that we are going to spend at the airport now. You know, we're talking about uh, testing, uh, measuring temperature and all this kind of thing coming in, coming out. Uh, that will add to the hours that we need to spend before the flight and after the flight. And in those conditions, I don't think people are going to be willing to 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 spend you know out of a two or three day weekend a lot of time, um, you know, going into um, the airport on the plane. There's been a lot of articles about how they're going to try and reconfigure airplanes inside. You know, the number of seats on commercial planes, they say, could fall 50 to 60 percent of current configurations. Now, anyone who's flown in the recent uh, past uh, has always wanted a little more room around their seat. I don't think we wanted it this way, though. I've been hearing a lot about airlines considering either turning the middle seat around, which I don't understand because you're still in between two people, or um, eliminating that middle seat altogether. Is that something that you think is even cost effective? Frankly, you know, I, I don't know yet. The, the airlines are talking about this and planning for this. You know, some of them are starting to do some plans on changing the configuration of the seats because, as you as you know, you know, if, if you still have uh, three seats and only one is, uh, you know, the aisle seat and the window seat is being used, you're still going to have to step in front of someone to go to your seat or if you want to go to the washroom, for example. So, 
I think the airlines are like everybody else. They're still trying to figure out how, what's going to be the best way to operate. But at the moment, we don't have clear instructions yet from the medical doctors, the epidemiologists. The airlines assure us that the um, you know flying is extremely safe because of the quality of the air you know in the uh, in the airplane, and and because they have put in place a number of sanitation measures. You've heard uh, Air Canada announcing last week, you know, their new program about sanitation and cleanliness and all this kind of thing. So they make a lot of efforts to to make it uh, safer for people to fly. Now, how how are we going to configure the the plane for the seats and the the you know the boarding and the onboarding is still something that they are figuring out. Let's talk about um, Skype and Zoom and even Microsoft Teams. These apps have allowed people to stay put and do business conferencing at home. Uh, Is that going to kill the uh, business traveler? Well, it may not kill it, but certainly people are learning to do business without a face-to-face meeting. What you see there is face-to-face is going to be through a computer screen or through an iPad. Uh, so um, I think a lot of, of companies are, are rethinking the way they, they, they did um, you know, business travel. And on top of this, think that a lot of businesses are losing money right now. So when the economy is going to start recovering, we're going to have to pay very much attention to cutting costs and Travel costs is going to be uh, one of the accounts that uh, people are going to be paying attention to. So, yes, indeed, we're increasingly going to be doing those meetings, uh, you know, through those electronic media that you just uh, mentioned. And that's going to be another reason why the airlines are going to have trouble selling seats. So people are going to be traveling again. But that, you know, that short, um, you know, half a day or, or day business trip, you know, just to be the client and back, um, I think is not likely to happen anytime soon. Yeah, and I understand that they're even considering boarding from the back so that business class doesn't, you know, uh, you're paying a premium to sit up front and have fewer people walk by you. You don't want that to happen anymore. I also read that Flair Airlines, they are looking for the federal government to underwrite loans. And they're one of the options that they actually might, they're, they're kind of uh, trying to figure out how they're going to save their company is that they might include passengers uh, paying basically a premium to have a seat beside them empty. Do you think that's even, I hate to use the pun, going to fly? That's that's a possibility as well. So, you know, the, the revenue manager for airlines are going to have a, a, a difficult job to do. You know, it's going to be a balance between generating revenue and, and making sure that they can get people to trust them. So trust is going to be everything. Um, you know, we have seen that uh, just recently last week, there was a story in Europe about a, um, an airline who was uh, selling higher prices selling, you know, that security, saying, oh, you're going to be sitting by yourself, nobody next to you. And of course, Mm -hmm. you know, there were high demand. A lot of people, you know, boarded that plane because it was one of the few planes available to go to a specific destination. And people were very unhappy to realize that not only they paid a high price, but also they were among uh, people sitting next to each other uh, in a tight plane. So um, I think the airlines are going to be very uh, serious about managing that trust, managing that confidence on the one hand and managing security on the other hand. And um, we're waiting to see what uh, governments overall or even the International Association for Travel and transportation, you know, would would uh, impose uh, in terms of regulations for, for, for safety and hygiene.
It's interesting as airline travel has evolved into uh, from a, something that the elites once uh, once enjoyed and where they were actually using, you know, real silverware and, uh, you know, it was it was the lap of luxury to fly. It evolved into basically the equivalent of Greyhound bus in the sky while that was going on in the airlines. Inside the terminals, we were noticing big changes, too. They, they started to get bigger. They started to get glitzier. I understand that there might end up being a rework of uh, these terminals that are, you know, putting uh, people in a very large room, but very tightly together. We're going to have to reconfigure how we actually um, have people moving through the terminals in the near future, I understand. Absolutely. So ter terminals, again, I, we're going to have to figure out the flow, you know, the physical distancing, unless you find a vaccine in a very short period of time, you know, we're going to have to organize the airports, you know, in such a way that people are going to be separated from one another. Um, you we're talking about luxury travel. It's possible that the airline may keep, you know, some, some uh, lounges as they have already in the past few years that developed lounges in many, many airports, but, but that's an additional cost that's an extra cost and and right now the airlines have been cutting those kind of launches to cut costs so it's interesting to see what will be um you know the, the situation in a few months or in a few years so uh, again i think it's important to remember that the whole balance for the airport operators for the airline operators is going to be on the one hand assure safety and follow the health regulations by the different government and on the other hand uh, manage the trust and the confidence of the employees and they're going to have to to find a way to use the space that is available to provide a service that the customers want to pay for and there is no doubt that there will be some customers who will be willing to spend some money on on quality uh, uh services and 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 uh, you know for space and and uh, healthy environment and safe environment and on the other hand there will be a need to to get a maximum number of people back into the airports to operate those airlines uh, in a financial uh, sound way yeah, we're going to see a very different uh, level of, of airline travel over the next few years until we do get a, a vaccine. Even when we get an, a vaccine, uh, who knows what it's going to look like. I want to just turn our attention here very quickly to the cruise line industry. Carnival Cruise, as you heard off the top, were inundated by bookings last week when they announced they'd return to the high seas after months of coronavirus lockdown. What are your thoughts on the uh, on the industry? Can it survive? Because obviously there's still appetite for it, but I don't know who these people are that want to, you know, jump back on cruise ships, especially after we heard just horror stories. That's that's a very good question. I think there's still a lot of people, especially in the United States, as you know, who are deniers, who don't understand the problem, who want everything to be open again, and so they they don't they don't see the issue really. So, uh, but that's one thing. But on the other hand, I think the cruise sector as you know, has been very badly hit in the past three months, you know, in the news, all kinds of different bad news from, from you know, people dying on ship. And still today, you know, we, we hear bad news about some of the crew members that are still on ship and not getting the medical attention that they need. So um, are they going to recover? Possibly. It may not be the super mega, um, you know, ships, you know, that, that carry uh, 5,000 people that may be able to survive. I think we're going to be able to see uh, some cruise ships operating properly, you know, with smaller size. Again, they're going to have to work on physical distancing, 
They're going to have to change the way they operate. It's going to be the end of the big buffet, you know, where everybody is serving themselves, mm-hmm. you know, with lots of food. We're not going to see that anymore, that's for sure. Um, but, you know, to, to me, unfortunately, the, the, the cruise is really something that is not that, that is typical of unnecessary travel. Um, you know, for air travel, at least, you know, you go somewhere because you have a reason to go somewhere. You go visit friends and relatives. You go on vacation somewhere. You, you, you do business. But, but a cruise is really unnecessary. So in these conditions, are they going to have to, are they going to be able to attract as many people as before to go on a one-week or two-week cruise around the Caribbean? I'm not sure. And the other question is, will the Caribbean island, for example, allow those cruise ships to stop and dock and to onboard uh, their customers. That's also questionable. Sure, it's putting their lives at, at possible risk. And we saw that yeah. with the uh, ports turning away cruise ships, uh, you know, throughout this whole pandemic. I, I also wonder if that's going to end up being being like airlines. You know, once again, this is um, for the elite traveler. You have to be very wealthy in order to book passage. Yes, you, you're going to have to be wealthy. Why? Because you're going to be going on a ship that will provide you with some space. It will provide you, you know, with the health measures that the big ships, you know, like I said, you know, you have 1,500 crew and, and three or 4,000 passengers. It's not possible anymore. Not in those conditions without a vaccine. Thank you so much, Frederick, for your time today. It's been uh, a pleasure chatting with you. You are welcome. Thank you very much. Have a good day.